Alien Flicks Species was a staple of the movie channels back in the 90s. It takes some inspiration, we'll call it, from other sci-fi movies as a sexy spin for the teenagers, and classes things up with a very respectable cast for a B-movie of its type. Today we'll discuss our early memories of the film and see how well it's aged in the past 27 years. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. This is a science fiction movie podcast. We're here today to talk about Species from 1995. This is part of our Aliens in the 90s season. <laughs> this is our second episode in the season. Uh, this is a fairly well-known movie that, you know, Lot, lot of cable airings back in the 90s when it, when it hit cable and satellite and that kind of stuff. And uh, we're going to get into it. It's about a, a, an alien, kind of, uh, that turns into a beautiful woman who is desperate to mate to spawn more alien babies and the team that are hunting her down. That is the, the basic logline of the film. It's got a bit of a notable cast. You'll recognize a lot of these names as we mention them in a minute, but uh, that is the gist of it. Uh, I, ass- I assume we've both seen this before, right? You've seen this? Oh, yeah. Well, Star Spoiler Free, of course, as we always do. I trust many of you have seen this. Although, that said, I I have to assume that, you know, a reasonable portion of our audience are under an, an age where maybe Species was just, like, it'd been and gone. You know, but... I can see it as being, like, for people of a certain age, it was very memorable. But for people who are younger... Like, who never had the species experience. Like, it's not something that gets talked about. It'd be kind of a forgotten film. Yeah. I, I'm just wondering if a lot of people in their early 20s are just, you know, they, they weren't around for it coming out, so now it's just, like, nothing that ever gets brought up. So it's just kind of, you know. Whereas if you... I don't think it's going to be on the top of very no. many people's, like, science fiction must-watch. <laughs> but if, you, if you're in our age range and you saw this at a form of age where maybe the sight of boobs was appealing to you, uh, you probably remembered it quite fondly. There's a lot of boobs in this movie. <laughs> a lot of one person's boobs in particular. More on yes. Natasha Henstridge later. So, uh, that's, uh, you know, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. Uh, so yeah, uh, we'll start spoiler free. We'll give you warning before we get to spoilers. Uh, as I mentioned, very noble cast. Natasha Henstridge is playing the uh the the main the lead the alien i say alien it's kind of like alien dna mixed with human dna created in a lab uh but it comes from an alien source so aliens i'm just going to call her an alien from here on for for for, just for simplicity's sake but there's a technicality to that terminology here um but we have michael madsen who's kind of the the hotshot uh like he's the actual sort of military man the hunter who actually like hunts down like fugitives and things like that he's in here uh we have ben kingsley who's the head scientist who was working on the experiment in the first place we have alfred molina who's brought in he's like a anthropologist anthropologist yeah that's, that's his expertise forrest whitaker's in here he's an empath this is actually really random we have an empath in this movie who has empathic abilities. He can feel what people feel. They're pretty limited. He's very much like Deanna Troy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very limited, but it's just, it's funny because in, in a movie, it's obviously it's not a grounding movie because we have this alien DNA mixed with human DNA and she's this sexy predator, but mm-hmm. 
in the sense that there's nothing else that's supernatural in the movie, but you've got this empath that they rely on multiple times in the film. It's kind of just an interesting detail that's in yeah, here. Yeah, he, he sort of becomes less of an empath and more of a, like, um, like Billy from Predator or something, where he's like a tracker. <laughs> kind of, yeah. But it's like a psychic tracker link rather than yeah. like a, a analyzing the details tracking. Yes, yeah. But yeah. Uh, and then you got uh, Marge Helenberger? Helgenberger? I'm not sure how you say her name. Uh, you got her there. Plus, there's also a young Michelle Williams in here. This is like just a couple of years maybe before Dawson's Creek. So you got her playing the younger version of Natasha Henstrey's mm-hmm. character. Uh, so that that's the so quite a quite an interesting cast. And in there's not really any A-listers per se, but there's a lot of names in this yeah. cast. I guess Ben Kingsley is probably the closest you get. I don't know. Ben Kingsley is in a lot of shit, though. He's he's, he's in like he does, yeah. he's he in does a lot of shit. Several Uva Bowl films, and I'll be honest, I I mean I've never seen Gandhi, which I know is the thing that he won on like awards for and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I have to, it's I would good. I would never say that I have seen him in something where he was actually good. I think he is serviceable at best in anything I've ever seen him in, and maybe that's insulting to is people. He, is he in Schindler's List? I've not seen that since high school, so I don't really Is remember. Is he not, like, Isaac Stern in Schindler's List? I think you're right, but I've not seen that in, like, 20 years. Itzak. Itzak Stern. Well, it's not 20 It's probably close to 20 years, because it was early high school that I saw it, but... Yeah. Okay, yeah. fair point. He's, I'm sure he's great <laughs> in Schindler's List, but anything else I've ever seen him in, you know, like, Stutter Island, or, or Shutter Island, whatever it's called. Um, I think the last thing I saw him in might be... Uh, Uva Bowl's Blood Drain? <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> but even in this, I don't. Th- I mean, not that this is like some A-tier project with great material, but I, I think he's like maybe the weakest cast member out of the team that are hunting down uh, the alien. Yeah, he's definitely... He's just sort of... Um, I don't want to say phoning it in, but he's... His character doesn't have a lot that makes him unique versus the mm. other characters. Because I feel like some of the others, like, while the characters aren't super in-depth, like, there's enough personality coming from the actors that they're kind of, they're likable enough, they're memorable I'm enough. I'm pretty sure Alfred Molina has, like, maybe a dozen lines, but, like, yeah, his personality comes through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they do enough with them that you kind of remember them. Uh, yeah. You know, Michael Madsen has a couple of cheesy lines, he's maybe kind of the badass character, and mm-hmm. it does kind of feel like... We couldn't get... And this is no disrespect, because I like Michael Madsen. I like him in Tarantino films. I like him in several mm. things. But it does kind of feel like we couldn't get an actual badass action star, so we got Michael Madsen instead. So it comes off <laughs> a little... A little try-hard when he has, like, a one-liner towards the end. It just kind of yeah. sounds a bit phony. <laughs> yes, I'd say so. I mean, he's definitely coming off of Reservoir Dogs. That was a couple of years before this. So he probably is in the zeitgeist of, like, oh, that was a cool movie... And he was probably the coolest in that film. We'll get that guy. Yeah. Uh, but of course, this isn't directed by Quentin Tarantino, or written by Quentin Tarantino for that matter, so it's not got the cool vibes. <laughs> the, the other name that's attached to this, which is very important, is H.R. Giger, who designs some it's of the very involved alien in this, stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, very interesting. Uh, we have 1995 CGI to talk about. Now, there's not actually that much yeah. of it, but... One key moment early on, and then a lot of stuff in the last 10 minutes, is very dated. Like, it looks really rough. 
it's definitely going to lower my rating. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a moment early on which is kind of rough, but it's like, okay, I understand why it was CG and it didn't yeah. get in the way too much. But when you get to stuff towards the end where it's like she's... Because obviously she looks human for most of the movie, but there's some stuff towards the end where it's just full-on monster movie stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. It is like she's just completely CG. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> this... I can tell this is the same year. You're not ready, movie. You're yeah. not ready. <laughs> it's, it's the same year as the Power Rangers movie, and the CG makes it feel like the same year as the Power Rangers movie. So yeah, unfortunately, the the last act of the film really um, prevents this movie from being actually quite good or great, even. Well, that probably leads us neatly into the question, Tara. What did you think of Species? I really liked the first two thirds of the movie a lot, actually. I mean. There's a lot in it that could be said, you know, this movie is just an excuse to get a pretty girl naked a lot. But I actually like what they do with it. And, um, you know, not every time she's naked, it's a sexy scene. So, like, it's not, like, just an excuse to have her naked because, you know, it makes sense that she would be naked in this scenario. And it's not really something sexy that's going on. She's just sort of, like, hiding. Um, Which, it works towards the movie, in the movie's favor, I think. And uh, I remember when it came out on HBO, because my family, we all watched movies together. And they're not too much of a stickler, even when it comes to rated R films. They'll let their kids watch if they're interested. And um, I guess it just, you know, skips out the question of them having to tell us about adult things if we can just see it ourselves. (laughs) Very progressive parents. Um, But when Species came on, it was about... Maybe when she um, becomes an adult, mm. that they're like, okay, you guys can't watch this movie anymore. <laughs> you got to go to bed. And so I had to sneak later on and watch the movie. So it was very memorable for me because I had to, it was one of those movies where I had to be bad and sneak around and watch it. But I do still like it. Like, I, I think the movie is good. Unfortunately, the last act of it is like the CGI is just so horrendous. The one liner doesn't work. And a lot of Forrest Whitaker stuff, I think, is pretty stupid. So, because of that, it's not going to be a great movie. <laughs> but still worth watching. It's kind of... It, it, it kind of fills a very... There's a very specific period in my life where a certain type of movie was made a lot. And Species falls into it for me, where... This is exactly the sort of thing that I think of when I think of movies playing at 2 a.m. on the movie channels on Mm -hmm. cable. You know, I remember, like, seeing parts of it in TV a lot. And I definitely saw the whole thing when I was younger, but it it really makes me think of that. There's something about the tone, there's something about the the atmosphere, and the fact that it is very derivative of other things. It's clearly ripping off other stuff, and it's, it's... it's evoking stuff. Even some of the music feels like it's doing a little bit of an alien kind of ripoff. And but they got Geiger. Yeah, and you you got the Geiger stuff, and he like you can tell it's the same guy who worked on the Alien. But obviously, you have a much lesser director shooting it, and you know, uh, lesser cinematography, so it looks way goofier than Alien ever did. And that's not to say that the Alien design, the Xenomorph didn't look goofy if you just saw the full bodysuit because it did look goofy if you saw if you see a photo of it just in like you know well lit it does look kind of goofy but you know it was shot in shadows and darkness and a lot of ky jelly and stuff <laughs> to, to, to make it look you know right whereas Spooky. in this when you see these like weird r- rubber titties and like 
I'd call them uh, boob tubes. Like they actually show like tubing out of the nipple parts that sort of yeah. strangle people and stuff. It's very Giger. If like you look at his artwork and yeah. stuff, it looks just like this alien. Yeah. So and he he does have that. Like there's all sorts of connecting genitalia, like nipples that look like dicks, stuff like that. Yeah. And they turn into tubes that go into things that look machine like. There's a lot of that, but there's just like. I see. I recognize a lot of problems in this, so it's it's definitely not a good movie per se. Because I recognize so many things early on that just feel kind of rushed, and it feels kind of like it just dives in so quickly to like, oh, this girl's on the run, and there's kind of some clunky exposition. But at the same time, I feel like there is kind of like an atmosphere to it and like a a tone that it's going for that I don't think movies really go for as much anymore. And there's definitely lesser examples. I I guess ultimately what I'm trying to say is that it feels like a very good 90s cable slash video rental B-movie that isn't that good, but is very watchable. Uh, And -hmm. I would agree that the last like 15, 20 minutes just kind of lets it down a little bit in terms of just like, uh, you know, it wasn't like a great movie before. I would say that it's... It's a very watchable movie that has memorable moments or scenes here or there. It has likable actors, but it it had a ceiling. It always had a ceiling because of just the quality of the writing and direction and whatnot. But then you get to that last 10, 15 minutes and it's like, okay, so this is kind of really solidifying where we're slotting this in, in terms of the hierarchy Mm -hmm. of, 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 of moviedom, if you will. Yeah. (laughs) So... Yeah, that was all a very convoluted way of saying it's a, it's a pretty decent 90s sci-fi movie that's not spectacular and probably holds a lot more weight for us, I think, because of a little bit of nostalgia, I'll say. I think, oh, totally. I think there's some yeah, nostalgia here for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I'm not so sure if you show this to someone who's, like, say, 21, who likes movies, right? No, some. I mean, obviously, you could t- get a 21-year-old who doesn't like movies, they don't really care, them, but... If you show someone who's like us at 21 right now and you show them species, I'm not so sure they'll get much out of it. But I think for us, there's like a, ah, no, this is like, I remember this is the sort of thing that played on the movie channels a lot as a kid. And because Mm -hmm. of that, there's some... Had to sneak around to watch it. Yeah. I didn't do much sneaking, but then my parents never watched movies, so they didn't know what I was watching. They just assumed everything was fine. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, boobs! (laughs) All right. (laughs) yeah it reminds me very much of like what the outer limits from the 90s feels like also mm-hmm. it seems like an episode of outer limits just extended to a, f- a film size yeah it, this is not a a new line film but it, it makes me think of a lot of the stuff that new line and like lionsgate would put out in this sort of yeah. time period this is an mm-hmm. mgm movie but it, it kind of feels like it's akin to that uh, I feel like I saw trailers for a lot of movies that look like species at the start of like rented VHS tapes you know, back in that time frame. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. That is very much what it evokes to me. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, just to get more out of the premise, uh, as the exposition quite early on explains, there is these big, you know, radios and, you know, satellites and stuff that send out signals to space. Uh, you could have almost just cut to Jodie Foster in contact for a cameo being the one sitting at the computer sending out the signals. But they mentioned that they send out these signals almost a quarter of a kilobyte he says, Ooh. I know, so high-tech. I mean, he says it was the 70s, so I guess that was a lot in the 70s, but obviously these days that's a laughable amount of data. But uh, basically they got a response assuming it was friendly, and then a second response, which was like 
a formula for like DNA or something to mix with human DNA. So they thought, oh yeah, we'll give it a go. And that's what created Syl, this, 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 this girl who ages very rapidly. Um, I, I don't know if, I think they do specify, I don't remember. I, I think she's like, she's technically only like six months old or something when we see her at the start mm-hmm. and she's like, you know, a 13 year old girl. Uh, and then obviously it's not much later that she's fully grown into like 22 or 23 year old adult. So, um, yeah, but yeah, she, she very quick, she escapes because they try to kill her. They, they basically realize she's probably too dangerous and they were going to gas her. Uh, and she does, and that's the interesting thing about the movie is there is some empathy for her because she is scared. She does seem to have feelings, but she also has this primal urge to just like kill, feed and mate <laughs> so she can create more alien babies. Right. Well, they also specify, you know, she doesn't have any... She she basically has the mind of a psychopath because she doesn't have any uh, structure, any moral structure. She's mm. just a child. Was never taught... Doesn't know any better. Yeah, it was never taught right for wrong. No one ever really gave her, like, a, a parental figure or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just kept in a cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean like, a smarter version of this movie could possibly fill, be filled with a lot of commentary about things like that, about the idea mm-hmm. of, like, why this is, like, on... Like, I, like I, I don't know if the movie ever really sort of, like, turns the, the lens round and looks at Ben Kingsley's character and says, we should be analysing why he's evil and why he's the villain in this story. I don't think yeah. it ever does that. You know, it never says he has to get come up and surrender like that because he's the, the one who's no, behind this. No, he's set up as the one who does care about her, but um, in the beginning, when she's still a child. Yeah. Um, like, he says he's sorry and stuff when they start pumping her container full of cyanide but um so like this wasn't his idea uh, seemingly but yeah it's it's still like yeah for the most part like you're you're on sill's side like you want her she's just trying to live you know yeah i think you're on her side up into a point and then I'm not even sure where the turning point is where she clearly is just kind of the villain and we have to... And maybe that's why the ending feels a little bit off as well is that it turns into just them chasing a monster like it is the end of an alien movie as yeah, opposed to... Yeah, can't see her as the human anymore. Yeah. So, and don't get me wrong, I do end up liking some of the characters who are chasing after her and mm-hmm. I do think it's important for the movie that other than Ben Kingsley, it's all these outsiders who weren't involved in her creation. It's just these four characters who are brought in because of their various fields of expertise yeah. uh, including an empath which again it's weird that they went that route like they believe this guy's an empath so they're going to hire <laughs> it's, I don't know yeah I mean Michael Madsen's skeptical but uh, no one else yeah. seems to be it reminds me kind of like uh, like Sphere where they're just trying to get these people together they mm. se- who seemingly like don't know each other except for obviously Dustin Hoffman and Sharon Stone have history but like the people who are the best of their whatever that they do get together and they're like why are we all here yeah some sort of alien thing it's a very 90s trope when you think about it actually because there's that it's a very michael crichton setup that's what i'm trying to say (laughs) which probably was very much an influence of this because this was like crichton's peak that was two years after jurassic park as we were trying to say (laughs) yeah not just that but like um he was he kind of became a celebrity after jurassic park 2 for in the like every book he wrote was immediately like Mm. number one bestseller and people were picking up his older stuff like Sphere. You can see all the trends that this was riding. Uh, mm-hmm. And having Geiger be, you know, be on board to like do some of the creature design, which... 
As even like I, a hu- I heard he put some of his money into it too because they didn't oh. have enough to do the like uh, cocoon scene that comes up, and so like he's like, "Here's hundred thousand dollars. Let me do it. <laughs> Let me make this." <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a, a man who's passionate about his work. I mean, we can say that at least. Yeah. He cares about all his phallic imagery. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, as far as other stuff goes, like just in terms of spoiler free, uh, it's you know, it has the ground running, like it really does start, like it, it gets into mm-hmm. it. And a chase. yeah, like, yeah, like she's on the run from the lab where she was like being held within like three minutes. I mean, if once you take off the opening titles, right, because they last a few minutes, but when, once the movie starts proper, within like three or four minutes, she's like running over a fence and. Where we're already like diving, diving into the the plot of the movie. Like I, I feel like a modern movie would have spent at least fifteen minutes a movie with her in captive, in captivity, and like getting to know her and Ben Kingsley's character whilst they're in that kind of like status quo and setting up some sympathy for both characters. Like which, and there's an argument for for doing that. There's also an argument for this where it just kind of gets going as well. Like, well, I mean, I do. It does remind me of more modern films like. Um like Logan with the 23, mm-hmm. whatever. And um, I guess even Stranger Things also too with 11, another number. <laughs> well, that they escape from a lab and stuff. And they're mostly, they are, uh, you know, dangerous young women, um, but you don't really see their life beforehand. You, you catch them like later on and have to piece together what happened. Uh, from a plot perspective, you're right. I, 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 they are definitely more sympathetic. I, I would disagree, all, all in the sense that the, the, the point I'm making is more the, the the pacing of the the movie and the story. Whereas in Noah's, I wouldn't say that it... The fact that you don't see them in the lab first isn't really something that affects the pacing in the sense that they're introduced in different ways, where we follow mm-hmm. another character first and then they come into the story kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, or, or Stranger Things case, it's more of an ensemble where we're sort of jumping around, lots of things happening. Um, I only saw the first season, but yeah. Well, I mean, her, her breaking out of the lab's kind of the last season one thing <laughs> anyway. Yeah. She's just kind of out after that. <laughs> Maybe she gets captured again. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I... It's just, it's an interesting thing because it, it feels like the movie does get going really quickly and it's not... And it's, you know, it's not a super long movie. It's not a overly short movie either. It's an hour 48, you know, so it's kind of right in that middle ground sort of runtime, which feels mm-hmm. right for its type of film. Um, it, I think it moves at a reasonable pace. I, I think it probably does slow down probably too much towards the end, actually. If anything, that's, that's where I feel the pacing is when, as we go into the third act, and it, it does, I don't know this is a spoiler to say, they think they've won and they think the story's over for a little bit, but the third act's really just getting started. Uh, I think it's around then where it does feel like it slows down a bit and it feels like we're waiting for it to kind of kick back into gear because, mm-hmm. you know, they're relaxing because they think it's all over, <laughs> but it's not. And it's obviously not because, you know, like, we haven't had the big climax yet. <laughs> so, so. What? <laughs> Quite literally. Oh, you're making a sex joke. How, come on. <laughs> Grow up. We are professionals on this show. Thank you. Yes. Can I even say the word climax without giggles coming from the, the back of the classroom? Only because... 
Well, I don't want to say without spoiling things. Sure. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. There's a reason. Well, her entire goal this movie is to get laid. I mean, that's... Yes. <laughs> Uh, Which ter- turns out to be quite difficult. Well, only because she keeps getting interrupted because there's like a squad of people hunting her. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yes, her, her finding a man is actually quite easy uh, by and large. <laughs> Walks around with her bra on. Just a bra. Yes. You, you'll do. Yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say, let's go. Cool. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, I guess we get a spoilers then. I mean, it's not uh, it's not a movie that has a lot of themes to discuss. I would say. No, I mean I agree. It does feel very much of its time, but it, it is a time that I suppose I am a bit nostalgic for because it's the time where I just I was home. There's a day off. I'm in front of the TV. Whatever HBO is is playing is what mm. I'm watching. So it kind of just reminds me of that era. <laughs> my life yeah i mean obviously like I, 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 you could probably argue that yeah, there is ex- some exploration of themes here uh you know early on there's a joke by one or like ben kingsley says oh we decided to make the the, the being that we we created female because it would be easier to control mm-hmm. and more docile and michael madsen has a bit of a joke where he's like you don't get out much do you like, you know the implication being Seriously? I, I was expecting <laughs> a, an ex-wife joke or yeah. something. But, um, <laughs> something. It's not too far from that. I, 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 that's the thing. Like His joke kind of comes off as like the classic sexist joke. But I do actually... But as Ben Kingsley was saying the line, I was like, that feels a bit naive, to be honest, that you think you can control the... Like, well, it's an alien, so yeah. you don't really know what to expect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I was... It's almost like Michael Madsen was, was doing the the old man version of what I was thinking, because I, I I think there's a legitimate like critique of what Ben Kingsley just said, as you know, his character mm-hmm. just said, but, but it turns yeah. into Michael Madsen be like, oh no, women are, can't control women, are you kidding me? They're crazy. They're, they're head off or something. Yeah, I don't know. But like, so, and, and then throughout the film, there's, you could argue there's an exploration of how she is able to interact with the world because she is this gorgeous beautiful mm-hmm. model-esque woman and the the simple tricks that she uses based on advertising based on things around her to attract yeah. a man like again a smarter script probably could have done a lot like in a lot of ways i would say that under the skin is the the art house smart version of species and yeah i can see that actually yeah. And it's a much and better movie terminator 3 is like the worst <laughs> version of the yeah film. terminator 3 is the worst <laughs> version <laughs> Terminator <laughs> 3 makes this look like it's uh, avant-garde <laughs> for comparison. I'll just add air to my boobs. <laughs> That'll get me anything I want. <laughs> you, know, you know how in Dark Knight when the Batmobile, uh, you know, the Tumblr at the start and like it, it comes out of the scene and you go into the, the, the camera shot is inside the, the vehicle and you see the computer say intimidation mode activated and it fires some missiles where it's not going to hurt anyone but it's just to like scare the bad guys i can almost mm-hmm. like sense the moment in terminator 3 when she makes her boobs go bigger like seduction mode activate Vroom. it's such a bad movie <laughs> it really is <laughs> yeah i mean I, I get what you're saying though there is a a bit of a just uh maybe like the male gaze as yeah. a theme also um, you know, how she's able to use... It's also, like, it seems to be a movie about a fear that men have towards beautiful women. Like, they can't just be 
a beautiful woman, there has to be a cost. Oh, sure. <laughs> and yeah. a fear of their power over them because of their um, seductive ways, then it must be something sinister. <laughs> Which, honestly, for a simple <laughs> B-movie monster... Like, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing to sort of build your movie around, necessarily. I don't think so either, yeah. yeah. I, I think that works. It's just your kind of... That's the metaphor. It's, you know, it's this... The the idea that... It's, it's not too different from, like, the uh, like older films using the sexy vampire women. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. Or even witches. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that as an idea. And if anything, you could argue that the fact that it's actually exploring some of it, or at least on the surface is exploring some of it. I'm not so sure how much this movie is actually really exploring. It's maybe a little too shallow to really do any. Like I say, Under the Skin is the, the version of this that I think is actually quite deep and mm-hmm. and more nuanced. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But if you want a schlocky 90s version of that movie that's a bit more just entertaining, I guess. <laughs> For, for, for the dummies then yes yeah, an unfortunate turn in the very end with special effects <laughs> yes i mean I, I laughed at the special effects so <laughs> i did too i mean so i mean i suppose the good thing is if they had been doing that all movie and they gotten bored of it really quickly and then it would just have been torture the fact that it's only the last few minutes at least makes yeah. it like oh i'm laughing at it and just as it's about to get old and i'm not going to laugh anymore or oh, the movie's over okay good yeah that's true so at least it's got that going for it there you go. Uh, so spoilers. Let's do spoilers then for species, and we'll talk about the the movie. I, I, I mean, we kind of went over the the start fairly well, but um, as I hiccup, I promise I have not been drinking. We haven't talked about Michelle Williams really. No, I mean that's that's the main thing to talk about with that early portion is uh, we have this different actress playing the main character, and to you know, it just so happens to be an actress who went on to be known for other things and. Mm-hmm, be we, quite successful yeah. yeah i don't think she has any lines of dialogue she only just nods her head and shakes her head doesn't she uh i think so yeah yeah she never says anything but she is still very sympathetic no she feels vulnerable she feels like you know, she's on the run and she steals like a bag and gets on a train and uh like all, all of this stuff here First of all, I thought this, is, this is one of these fancier trains that I've only ever seen in movies that have like a dining section and stuff. I've never been on a train that has that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm fascinated by this. A dining um, car on a train. Yeah, I went on a train that, um, it was like a, a murder theater train or something. Oh. It was some Christmas event for my dad's work. Um, and they had carts like that, but we didn't get to stay in them. Just got a tour. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean I'm sure it just depends on what the train is and how long the, the route is and stuff if you need like that type of train but uh, mm-hmm. I've been on a lot of trains in my life and but I guess just relatively speaking it's a shorter distance so they don't put effort into that type of thing but I don't know just it... yeah the trains that I've used to are also well they're like in Japan and they're all very fast you don't have to go there's no overnight train to anywhere sure yeah the country's so small <laughs> yeah I, I just it's, 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 like transcontinental or yeah that I, I, I think imagine w- have sleeping carts yeah, her performance is good. I, honestly, the other thing I want to note about these scenes, these early scenes with her, is this weird little like, portable TV device she pulls, like she finds in this guy's bag that she stole. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, okay, this looks like it's mid nineties technology because it's like sort of chunky and shit. But also, I didn't know this existed. <laughs> like, but also, is, is it real? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's this sort of thing where 
because if she was just playing like because uh, it's got like a little tape deck on it i thought oh maybe if she just plays the tape that's on it but she started flipping through channels and she's yeah. watching like news programs and i'm like oh this is getting a signal i feel like i've seen um late 90s technology where it looks a bit like a boom box but it's just the the smaller end of it will have a, a tiny little screen. Yeah. I feel like I've seen people watch football games and stuff on something like that. Because that's, that's, that's... So it's like a portable thing that picks up channels. If I was to describe how this looked, it looks like a GameCube in size, but the top of it opens like an old, like, Discman. And mm-hmm. that's the screen. That's like the, the actual screen. That's what it looked yeah. like. It was it was interesting. Yeah. I'd never seen it. I, I assume it's real. I don't know if it works as well as it's, it's they show it here, but... You know, it had Sony branding on it, so it felt like a product placement moment. Yeah. So I think this was a real thing that just never took off that much because I had never seen this other than this movie. Right, yeah. So. It was probably just for people who wanted to watch sports. Yeah. What was funny, though, is that, you know, we can all do this now on our phones. We can watch live things broadcast on our phones over the internet as much as we want, pretty much. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just funny now that this is such a common thing we can all do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but the technology is very different now. I mean, as far as, like, we developed the smartphone first and the internet first, and then yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Oh, we can just watch stuff on our phone. But, like, is before, it... like, this was just specifically developed for one thing. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. watch TV the... live, which seems like it would be difficult at that time. What we can do on smartphones is, like, a byproduct of the main purpose of it as opposed to the, the goal that they were set out for. Yeah. Uh, whereas this, like you say... Like, this is a really ch- chunky thing to carry around <laughs> that has one purpose. And I guess it makes sense that you can pick up the TV signal because, I mean, any aerial can. But at the same time, like, I can't imagine the batteries on this. Like, how many big of those those big chunky batteries is this thing using? And That's how probably long... why it's such a chonker, yeah. yeah. It used to hold the big, the big Ds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another theme of the movie. Oh, big Ds? <laughs> it's just a joke. <laughs> Very sexy movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, the beauty of that joke is you could be referring to penis, you could be referring to boob size. I mean, uh, like, could be either. Or uh, what happen- What comes out of her boobs later on? <laughs> a couple of big Ds. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it successfully <laughs> combines... <laughs> Both, yes, you're right. Uh, it, it, yep. uh, that's, that's very good. Uh, boob tubes, that's what I called them. Boob tubes? Yeah, boob tubes. It, it reminds me of... Um, did you ever play Duke Nukem? I didn't, actually. I'm familiar with it, though. Duke Nukem 3D? There was a... Yeah, it was probably around the same time as this, actually. Where you can go... There's, like, an area with, like, strippers and stuff, but, you mm. know, they're evil. And if you click on them, they'll lift their bra <laughs> to show their boobs... But they have, like, these wormy nipple things that just spin around. So, you know, it's a big disappointment for young kids who are like, I could just see boobs in a video game? Uh, the irony of that being that the graphics at the time means that they've been, like, too blocky, like, <laughs> like squares. Like little boys care. <laughs> <laughs> they've been, like, two, two pink squares with slightly darker pink squares in the middle. <laughs> That's all that would have been. <laughs> Be like the clouds in uh, the early Microsoft flight simulator. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a there's a dark square coming up. Thunderstorm. It's, it's basically the old joke of like the uh, the porn channels that are scrambled where people would watch them and like, oh, I can kind of make out it's something. <laughs> I can make out yeah. something on the screen. It's enough there. 
If I squint, it kind of blurs all the snow together and forms a boob. Well, the other thing we need to talk about, I'll just mention briefly, is that when she's having these nightmares when she's a kid, mm-hmm. and it's like the it's what what she actually looks like when she becomes an alien later. But it's like you know got this like warp effect on it, and it's like sort of distorted, and it's it's like she's seeing who she really is on the inside, and like. There's, but there's yeah. but, but there's a really specific one though where she imagines she's running from a train, but the train's made up of like there's like big skeleton mouths in the train that are chomping. Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's probably just like <laughs> instincts like kicking in when she's asleep. I think because I just watched uh, you know the new Pixar movie came out, Turning Red, and she also would have these nightmares and stuff <laughs> while going through puberty, and this mm. is very much her going through puberty as well where she's just having these uh, horrific nightmares and uh, has all these things that are complicated and her everything's changing and she becomes uh, a chrysalis or a cocoon yeah yeah so she she eats the the train lady who was really nice to her before and takes her clothes well, yeah in the co- in the cocoon which is the scene that Geiger put his own money up for. Very cool. Yeah. But there is some really bad CG, though, because when this is all starting, there's like these tentacles come out of her face, and it looks really... Mm-hmm. It looks pretty rough. It's just, you know, it's 1995 CG. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, don't, don't look too hot. Uh, I, I guess there's some just obvious critiques to be had here. Well, you know, next time you see her when the train stops and she's like an adult now, and it's Natasha Henstridge, like... Not only was the train lady's uniform not damaged or, like, dirtied in any way when she was grabbed by the tentacles and, like, swallowed into the cocoon, also mm-hmm. it fits Natasha Henstries perfectly, even though she is a completely different body type to the woman. I was thinking, like, okay, maybe the the clothing maybe would be fine, but the shoes is a very big gamble. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's very easy to not have the same shoe size as somebody, especially if you're 5'10". Yeah, she's a tall lady, uh, relatively mm-hmm. speaking. Yeah. I just imagine that that was a bit of a stretch. Hmm? <laughs> That's a stretch. Uh, yeah. So, but during all this going on, we're sort of cutting between this and the introduction of the team, and you have to like Michael Madsen because he's got a cat. He's giving his cat to a neighbor, so that's just like okay. He's mm-hmm. likable. He's, like, he's a real human being. Damn it, he's got a cat. Yeah. Flying in from New York. Yeah, and Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Just like Wingshauser. Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> just like, who? Wingshauser. <laughs> you can't just reference some random weird movie you just watched that the audience aren't <laughs> going to get. It's from a movie called Deadly Force, which is pretty fun. Like, there's an there's, there's inside joke, or and then that's just, like, so obscure that no one... Come on, can't something be just for us? It's a show! No! <laughs> the audience have to be in on it. <laughs> You don't alienate your audience, damn it. Well, okay, a, a movie from the 70s, maybe 80s, the probably 80s. 70s. Not the 80s. 80s. <laughs> uh, starring Wingshauser, which is one of the better names of Hollywood. Um, he's also much like Michael Madsen, good with the gun, and is the best at his job. So he's flown in from New York City to Los Angeles to solve a crime. Or in this case, I guess they're not quite in L.A. yet. I mean, they get there, but yeah, they, they go to whatever the... I think it was Utah was where the lab was. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's falling in. Forrest Whitaker, like, we get our introduction to him where he senses the person coming for him. 
to like ask him yeah. to, to to go on this mission. He's he's at a um a therapy session. Yeah. Where he's not doing well with people at work because he has too many feelings. Yeah, and they think he's weird. So he's he's very sympathetic, I think, because he, he comes across as a sort of likable giant. Who? Yeah, yeah, you know. definitely. Uh, and then we have the the, the, the scene where they're all together and they're kind of like, oh, I wonder why we're all here. You know, we, we, you know, I I'm so and so. This is my field of expertise, and they're trying mm-hmm. to talk around. And Michael Manson's like, well, if they called me, then shit's hit the fan, because. They bring me they in someone killed. when someone needs to be killed. And Leo's like, oh, all this, like, I'm a, I'm a cool guy <laughs> kind of stuff. And then the the other woman there who's a molecular biologist. Yes. Actually, what I thought was interesting about the opening titles is that it came, Oh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, it, yeah. it came out saying cast in alphabetical order, and I thought, okay, fair enough. And it started with Ben Kingsley, and I went... Wait, is this alphabetical based on their first name? That's weird. Me too. Right? I went through the same right. thought process. And, and then, you. and then, like the next couple of names come. I was like, no, no, it's the last name. Kingsley was just like that was first. That's weird. And then, yeah. I just you know, just in terms of like the chances that the K name would be the first one on the list would is just yeah. you know, that's, you know, a little weird. But then, there's only four names in alphabetical order, and then it says also it's all the guys. Yeah, and then it says also starring, and it goes through everyone else. And I thought. Wait, was there some sort of dick measuring contest with the four guys about who gets to go first? So I was like, no, the four men will go first in alphabetical order, so they can't argue about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like, the way they set that up, I'm like, oh, well, then she must die early, and I just, like, don't remember it or something, because she's also starring, like, yeah. pretty low on the list, and then introducing Natasha Hens- and whatever, N- Natasha. <laughs> <laughs> she's last, which is fine, because introducing is always usually the last credit yeah in the main that's titles. fine i mean she's the one everyone's there to see anyway <laughs> she's the special one but like <laughs> if there really was an alphabetical order then her name should have been first the not natasha but the um marg heldenberg heldenberger 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 <laughs> i can pull it up yeah there you go yeah no the, it's one, just... the one from csi <laughs> yeah it was just it was really weird because it was ben kingsley Madsen, Melina, and Whitaker. Yeah, just all the guys. Yeah, and then it was like, and also starring, I'm like, wait, so all, only these four had to be in alphabetical order, so there was no arguing about who, what the order of the cast list was. I just, it, it really stuck out to me. equally as a supporting character as any of the other ones. Like, she's definitely a part of the ensemble. Oh, yeah, she's part of that main team. Yeah, like, there's yeah. no... I, like, I thought, oh, she must eat it early on or something. Nope. Like, Michelle Williams, I can see the argument for her being in the also section because she is relatively small part because she's only in the first part of the movie. Right. I think she, I think it's just her and and Heldenberger, and then it goes into Natasha Kinski. Like, I don't think there's anyone else. Not Kinski. <laughs> Natasha Held... No. Henstridge. Henstridge. It's, it's not, not an easy that, name to say. It's not that hard. Henstridge. Henstridge. Look at it. Just look at it. Henstridge. <laughs> Natasha Henstridge. Helgenberger's way harder because I don't know if this is maybe a soft G. Helgenberger. 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 That's <laughs> awful. <laughs> Probably Marg Helgenberger. Is it not March? <laughs> maybe it is March or Mark. Yeah, I don't know. I assumed it was March. But <laughs> See, her name is way more complicated. <laughs> That's why they end, they're at the end of the <laughs> credits. We don't want to confuse the uh, audience with her name, so we'll, we'll we'll bury it deep within the within the amount. 
Yeah, it, it was just so weird. It was like, here's the important... It seemed a little sexist. Yeah, it was, here's the important <laughs> actress in alphabetical order, and then here's the woman. <laughs> yeah, it came off... It doesn't come off good, especially for a movie like Species, where you're, like it seems to be written for and made for men. <laughs> you want to see Pretty Lady and her boobies? Yeah, all I could think was that the actors, or maybe I'm being mean here, I should probably say the actors' agents were, like, having a pissing contest about who should go first in the cast list, and then yeah. it was like, oh no, we'll just agree to go alphabetical, because that's maybe, fair. Maybe we're, we're coming at this the wrong angle. Maybe they're all embarrassed about the movie, and none of them wanted to go first. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they're following our footsteps, they analyze our crime scenes, and, like, because they find the dead body on the train, and so on and so on. Uh, Michael Madsen's smart enough to be like, well, she's probably got this woman's credit cards, so so analyze, you know, follow those if if they're used anywhere. Much, much like Home Alone Two: Lost in New York, when they're waiting for Kevin to use his dad's credit card so they can track him to the hotel. <laughs> they're waiting for her to use this train lady's credit cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she has cash. She goes. She buys this ridiculous, almost wedding dress. Like, she goes shopping because she sees, like, stuff on the street and she's like, oh, I'm going to buy some stuff. And she has this ridiculous over-the-top dress. And there's a great bit of uh, dialogue from Molina where he says, oh, LA is the perfect hiding place for her because there's so many crazy people in this city that no one will notice when she does something stupid. <laughs> I like what he said. I mean, because, I, you know, I grew up in this area. So, like, he he says, because everything's so mobile... Like, everybody has to be on the move. Like, everyone's a stranger. It's not like a small town where people know if somebody's not supposed to be there mm. or if someone's new or if someone stands out as odd. Like, this is very much... Yeah, it's a big city. Like, um, no one knows who anyone is. Everyone's a stranger to each other, even to their own neighbors. Yeah. No, I mean, it made sense. It was just... It was funny to me, though, because it was almost like... And then... Yeah, and then it cuts to her wearing a wedding dress. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, she has all these weird little moments, and if anything, like, I mean, I think there's an implication, like, uh, the guy she kills on the, like, the first train when she's a kid, that maybe he was trying to assault her, like, when she was asleep. Yeah, uh, he kind of had that, Ugh. Yeah, he's like, oogly boogly <laughs> kind of coming, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was, it was mostly implication, but... I, I like the way his body looked after he was murdered, though, like, it was all crumpled up. But there's definitely moments where someone could take... Because I, I thought the like the sleazy... I mean, it wasn't actually that sleazy, t- it turned out. But I thought it was going to be the sleazy, like, hotel manager who mm-hmm. may take advantage. Not actually in a sexual way, but just, like, because he's, like, asking her for stuff, you know, like... Is this he might take much? her money, all yeah. the money or something, you but, know. But he actually, he was kind of honest. And, like, when she handed over the money, he didn't, like, say, oh, you don't need this much. He just says, oh, this covers the most expensive room I've got, so I'll give you that, <laughs> since this is yeah, what you're handing so me. Yeah, still a little bit of sleaze, but not too much. And a, and a very... In a very fair game kind of way, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, you're giving me this, so I'll give you the room that costs this much. <laughs> there you go. You got your money's worth. Uh, you know, And then she comes down out, because she basically watches some ads and sees, like, some commercials that are using sex appeal, uh, both... In both directions, she sees like you know a sexy man and also a sexy woman on TV. Uh, mm-hmm. It also sets up the hair dye because uh, she sees like a hair dye commercial, which isn't actually used until much later in the movie, but it's set up here. Uh, but she goes down to the guys like, "Where can I meet a man?" Because it's almost like she hadn't realized that that's what like her purpose was yet that she had to mate. But when she saw a man no, on TV, it, w- it was like not just that, but she was when she was wearing the wedding dress and walking through the streets. She was just looking at all the oh, pregnant right. women and the babies and stuff yeah. like that. And it's like something's clicking. Yeah, she's seeing like the the pregnant people and going, "Oh, my purpose is calling." Yeah, yeah. 
but she 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 asked the guy at the hotel like, where can I find a man? And he's like, uh, I mean, there's a club around the corner, I guess. <laughs> you go there. There'd be some that check in here later. I'm I'm sure. Uh, and she just wanders out and into the club. Uh, but yeah, like you know, cause, like he he runs after and gives her a credit card back when she walks away without it and stuff. So he's he's actually relatively nice about everything. I, I thought sure, they were going to play yeah. the sleaze card, and he was like, oh, he's yeah, all right. both both people that she walks runs into like the woman at the dress shop was also nice to her like don't just throw money at people like make sure they'll take advantage of you (laughs) yeah so you know there were some decent human beings at least in the the movie Mm because and again you get a contrast because the first guy she ends up with in the club which again you could read this as kind of like almost like a sexist uh critique of like how men think women are with each other like this idea Mm -hmm. of like fighting for for a man where she kills the woman in the bathroom because oh she stole the man that was kind of flirting with her and she's out in the bathroom and kills her brutally uh, but then uses her tactics to attract another dishbag yeah <laughs> uh you, you could you could read that there's some sexist stuff on the script like oh this is you know it, it's just not a thing <laughs> it where just, uh, it's like a, a primal thing though right yeah. like a, it's just competition just trying to eliminate the competition yeah it's, it's sort of talked about in the movie like she's a, a creature and she's a predator and this is just like the natural thing for her to do and i think you, again it's like almost like just depending on how you write it you could read it as like a almost a satire of how people or how, or how men would view like female competition with each other over a man where it's like that's what mm-hmm. they're fighting for kind of thing uh, but the, that woman was totally nice to her, like in the. She was, bathroom. yeah. That... Also, <laughs> she was just like, yeah, whatever it takes, right? And like pr- presses her boobs up in her like corset dress. Yeah, and you're like, whatever it takes, quite right, murder. <laughs> I guess that's true. She did yeah. kind of cut in on the on the guy that she's yeah. clearly flirting with. Yeah, uh, and then she goes out and just she takes off her. T- she really because basically her seeing the other woman push up her boobs and realizing, mm-hmm. oh, boobs are a boobs are a weapon in this war. To attract Why a man. Why do I even wear clothes up here? Yeah, she just takes <laughs> off her top and walks out in her bra and goes up to you know some douchebag and says, "Hey, where are you taking me?" <laughs> and it's like, "Okay, all right." And he's he's game. Uh, and this is when like our our teams show up because they've heard they've talked to the motel guy. They come in, but she's just got out in time and goes back to this guy's place. And uh, this takes like an interesting turn where she decides in the moment she can like sense that he's not a good fit. This actually made me think of Predator. You know, the Predator can tell if you're sick, so therefore won't kill you if mm-hmm. you're dying. This was yeah. like, oh, you're not a suitable mate because you have like a medical condition, so we're not going to have sex anymore. Uh, and this does the, the classic, you know, horror sci-fi movie thing where he makes he makes us feel okay that he's about to die because he tries to like, uh, you know, assault her. So it's like, oh, well, he's he's fair game now. For the, as far as the audience is concerned, murder him, mm-hmm. kill him as much as you want. We'll be okay with it. He was kind of coming off as a sleazeball before, like when he was giving them, giving her the tour of his house, like check out all the money I have. Oh and then, yeah. Like, yeah, Snaps his fingers and lights come on. Snaps his fingers again and music comes on. Like it's all queued up to to lure women. He's a dishbag for sure. Like he's definitely yeah, yeah complete dishbag. But it, you know, he's a dishbag. It turns out to also be like. Uh, well, doesn't take no for an answer yeah. a, a bit of a predator himself i suppose uh because mm-hmm. as soon as she says no nah, i don't want to do this anymore he's like no i'll pretend i didn't hear that no the, the line was noted but we're, we're about to have sex <laughs> like, that was basically the what he said uh but he, he he gets killed and the team find his body too 
and uh, the dish that he, she probably didn't make yet, but that's clearly what she's trying to do, and we mm-hmm. have to be on the lookout. So, yeah, there's kind of this constant, like, sort of almost, like, structure to the movie, which is, like, her getting into her next little bit of adventure, and then the team being on her trail and analysing why she's doing what she's doing. And it kind of plays that way for a, a little while still until she kind of starts to realise that she's being followed by this team and then forms a plan to trick them into thinking that, like, they've won so that she can do what she's doing without being harassed and stopped and stuff. So it shows that she's smart, actually. If anything, it makes you kind of like her more because she's getting smarter and, like, using her, mm-hmm. her wits to actually outsmart the, the, the main group. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, it's it's still hard not to like her because even though she is a serial killer at this point, she's she's acting out of instinct and... Uh, not, not malice. It's not about malice. Yes. she's Well, maybe the, the end is a bit malice. But yeah. With, uh, but, like, plus every time you see her, she does seem like a vulnerable woman who just doesn't know that she's in a dangerous situation sometime, but then turns out to be the dangerous situation. Yeah, uh, well, she's jealous towards the end because she's got the hots for Michael Madsen. Like she starts, she starts dreaming. There's like a dream sequence where she dreams about Michael Madsen walking in, taking his shirt off, and it's like, yeah. this is weird. <laughs> it is. Like, I don't really see Michael Madsen as a sex symbol, especially <laughs> when uh, Helgenberg is also getting the hots from as well. But that's that's more yeah, of like at least a, they had some chemistry together yeah. and stuff. But. There's well, there's mutual attraction there. I do laugh later on though because when he goes up to her, her hotel room. And she, like, sees him through the peephole. She does this little jump like a high school girl, like, oh, he likes me. <laughs> I did it. I got the cool guy. <laughs> he likes me. And I'm like, I don't think it was, like, I mean, I, I, Natasha early on proved all you have to do is take off your shirt and say, you know, do you want some? And he'll probably say yes. <laughs> he'll probably say yes. Uh, if only I'd known it had been that easy the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Movies so, tried to tell me. But, um, yeah, so the next big part is that she gets into a car accident and is taken to the hospital, freaks out the doctor because her, like, wounds heal on their own because she's, you know, half alien. Um, but, uh, so this guy, like, like this nice guy, this good Samaritan, kind of, like, sees her, at, uh, her accident, takes her to the hospital and volunteers to pay for her medical treatment because th- no one even knows her name yet. Mm-hmm. And... She gets better, goes home with him, and he's much nicer, in fact, to the point where when she tries to, like, like get, you know, rapidly moves things along when they're in the, the pool together, he's like, well, this is going a bit fast. I, you know, I'm, I was cool with a kissing, but we're getting to know each other here. Let's, let's maybe not She's skyrocket. like, move your pants. Yeah. And, and then, of course, you she... don't need these. And then, of course, she says, I want a baby. And he's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we met 12 hours ago. <laughs> Stop this now. The doctor looks very familiar. I just wanted to see who he was. Again. Oh yeah, he's an actor that pops up from time to time. Yeah. Uh, Richard Fancy looks like he's known for everything. <laughs> he's been in everything. Yeah, he he he's been in uh, a bunch of stuff. I, I recognize his face immediately, for sure. Yeah, I think I recognize him most from Seinfeld. He was in an episode of that. That sounds right. Yeah. Um. Oh, he's oh he's Mr. Lipman from Seinfeld. He's in more than one episode. He's he's in ten episodes. Yeah, so that's why she she kills uh, this this nicer guy. So I think this is the point where she turns more into a villain for us because this guy didn't really deserve to be killed, you know. Because yeah. the previous guy like kind of earned it. Whereas, as much as she killed a couple of innocent people earlier on, uh, the, the the train lady in particular, 
uh that didn't feel intentional it felt like she wasn't even in control when that happened no i don't think so because she turned into a cocoon and then the tentacles sort of grabbed her it was it didn't feel like it was her whereas this it felt like well you're not giving me what i want so i'm just going to drown you and Mm -hmm. you know and her face kind of goes a bit more unhuman for a moment during that scene as well see her as like full alien for a brief moment when he's drowning also like a quick glimpse you may be right maybe it was a hallucination from her but like it it seemed to be we could see her full alien form for a moment yeah so it's it's almost like the movie's saying to us she's she's less human than she was before now and like yeah this is where we should like the the creature is taking control of her more so when she kills so yeah and they, they, they don't really like, they're still kind of conflicted about this they're, they're trying to chase her down and this is when she goes and kidnaps a random woman and like uses her body as like a decoy and cuts off because she cuts off her own thumb and it regrows back and it, you're not really sure why she's doing this yet until you, it becomes clear that she wants them to chase her and then she set up a car explosion so that they'll think she's dead and they'll find this thumb and that'll be her DNA and that'll confirm so she's very smart Mm-hmm. couple of points on this though is one i actually thought uh there's like a little really classic like tell in the effect when she cuts off her thumb it's cg but it's not too, as far as cg goes in this movie it's probably one of the better cg effects is the thumb yeah, regrowing but mm-hmm. there's you can say you know how when you watch like 2001 sometimes and obviously great movie but sometimes you can see like almost like a like a, an outline box around where some of the effects and the, the miniatures are in space mm-hmm. there's like a just for a brief moment when the thumb's going back you can kind of see like a gray faint box where mm-hmm. the effect is I, I i didn't notice it but i believe that it's there <laughs> yeah uh it's just it's a little thing but it's like I, i'm not used to seeing that in movies from like you know after the 70s <laughs> so it just it stuck out to me uh yeah but yeah, however they composited this or whatever obviously led to this little just after effect. But yeah, it was a little thing. So mm-hmm. cool. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're on a stakeout uh, at the club thinking she might come back and she lures them to, into a chase. Exp- you know, car explodes and they think they're done. They're like, that's us. You know, although to be fair, Michael Madsen's like, that was too easy. I don't quite buy this. My gut's saying otherwise. Um, I think Forrest Whitaker also is a little bit like, yeah. my empathy tells me <laughs> we're not finished yet and or something. Alfred Molina, bless him, like, it kind of sets up that he, you know, is a lonely guy and he he tries to ask uh, Helgenberger to go for a, like some from some dinner at one point and she's like, ah, I'm just going to go up to my room. And then Forrest Whitaker's like, I'll eat with you. And he's like, Thanks, Forrest. <laughs> and he's just like, uh, and mean, he's like, hey, there's two girls there looking at us, like yeah. they're into dorks. <laughs> and Forrest is like, nah, nah, I'm just gonna go in my room. Uh, but it really sets up this idea that he's a little bit lonely. And that, and this is the thing, it doesn't come off because I think to to its credit, I think a lot of movies when you have a character who actively tries to like find a partner or seems like he just wants to get laid it can come mm-hmm. off as kind of juvenile this never feels like that it just kind of feels like he's a guy he's and he's just he's looking for a connection yeah yeah he's you know trying to swing and a miss that's yeah. all you know a couple times at the club yeah and it, you know he, he's likable enough so and what the movie's really doing is that it's setting up that he is going to be receptive when he's lured into a trap by our mm-hmm or you know or newly brunette alien yeah she cuts her hair uh dyes it black and 
basically she's not even looking for alfred molina she, she's effectively going after madsen but madsen and the helgenberger are having sex uh, in her room and she's listening to it from the outside and she's been obsessed and all the rest of it but yeah she breaks into the room next to theirs which happens yeah. to be molina's room so molina comes in and she our, our quick cover for how she gets in oh, I stole the key because I saw you downstairs and I wanted you. And she just takes off her dress. And much like earlier, just take off your clothes and the guy will just go along with it. It's fine, apparently. I think also they've been drinking. You yeah. Know, like, they've been having the Long Island iced teas and stuff like that. So it kind of sets up that, yeah, he's... Yeah, he's... Was looking to... He's lonely. You know, hook up with somebody. And have a nice time. Here's this beautiful woman in his room just taking off clothes. And he doesn't think that she's dangerous because he thinks that he's not even thinking about the alien because they're she's dead yeah 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 so he just kind of it's like well when in rome i, I, I you know <laughs> that's that's kind of say no this reaction but forrest whitaker <laughs> starts having like flashes he's, he's empathy he's like kicking in and he's having these psychic flashes and he's like it's her sells back and i think and he, he knocks out he's like madsen madsen helgenberger come out here like <laughs> malia's in trouble <laughs> yeah he's so likable don't let him die yeah but unfortunately I, I do love though like when when they're finished uh, she's still on top of him he's like still inside her basically and yeah. he, she looks down and goes I felt it I'm pregnant and he's like wow come on whatever it is he throws in a little bit like I know some people think there's life at conception but like it's a little soon <laughs> <laughs> yeah but Obviously- then she makes him feel also and he kind of gets that face like <laughs> Oh shit! Something's wrong. Well, yeah, he gets the uh, job. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's clear. But before he dies, he probably like realized who this is. Like what he's just done. I like done. to think that he said, "You know, I'll be there for you. I'll be a good father. <laughs> <laughs> we can get married. <laughs> Have a nice place together. <laughs> I think I'm a professor or something. I make decent money." Yeah, yeah, I think he does all right for himself. Uh, so, yeah, and this is kind of the problem, is that from this point, like, she runs away into the basement, which leads to the sewers, which even goes further than that. There's, like, a crack in the sewer at one point, which is, like, you know, they say there was an earthquake she just through it, yeah. at some point, yeah. Uh, but so it's, like, you know, it's the sewer, though, with, like, a lot of walkways and the water's underneath the walkway. It's, it's basically a very generic, like, final location for your, your sci-fi horror movie to take place. Where, mm-hmm. oh, you don't know where she's going to jump out from, and she's just not human from this point on for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, ben Kingsley gets killed, and he's the most unlikable one, so I was kind of expecting it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, you know, I guess you could say this is come up, and I don't think this is like enough because the movie never treats the other characters, never look at him and treat him like he is. Like, he was crossing all these lines. Like, he made all these mistakes. I mean, there is that... We kind of glossed over that scene earlier on where they're doing a test to, like, recreate the alien without the human part. So oh, they've yeah, got, that's true. they've got, like, a controlled room and something goes wrong with the camera. It's just not a reason for two of them to go into the room to fix the camera. And it's uh, Helgenberger and Mad- Madsen go in. And because the, the case breaks, like the, the, one of them drops the bolt, they can't close it, so it keeps spreading and it grows really quickly. And they have to try and burn it, and it's not. And effectively, Kingsley, I can't let you out. You know, quarantine. Like, I can't, I can't let you out. It may get out. And it, eventually, Melina lets them out by hitting the button. But it's like a whole tense sequence. It, it almost that sequence was interesting to me because it 
I kind of, especially in hindsight, looking at the movie as a whole, it kind of feels like that scene only exists, so there's a tense sequence at that point in the movie, because where it's situated, I don't, you know, I think there's a bit of a gap in, like, the other stuff in the movie, as far as, like, the tense stuff. Like, it's a while mm-hmm. before we get to her, you know, killing the next person. It's been a while since maybe the last big moment with her. I think it's located in a specific point where, like, no, no, there's too much of a stretch here without a tense, like, big, like, action quote scene. So we're going to have to make one for it. I think it's also to justify why the molecular biologist is there, is to Uh, have a scene where she gets to do some, you know, chemistry. It's a good point, because for the rest of the movie, she never does anything. (laughs) She's, I mean, following the, the, the team and stuff, and it would be more convenient if they had maybe a SWAT team instead, but... Don't want to get too many higher ups involved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's problem solving with them. She's like debating things with them. But like, mm-hmm. it's a good point. Like, her expertise isn't really used again for the rest of the movie. Now that you bring it up, yeah, uh, she finds the bottle of insulin for the the guy that was not acceptable for mating. Yeah. So, yeah, it. I I do kind of like that they form this little team though of like people. Yeah, they're very realistic, likable people for the most part, except for Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Who doesn't need to be likable because he's, like, the the one in charge. Yeah. So, yeah, they're a likable bunch, which is nice. So, so you care a little bit that Melina dies, and when they put Forrest Whitaker in jeopardy and you think he might die in this final mm-hmm. stretch of the film, you do you care a little bit. You don't want him to die. Uh, you, you think, no, he's the most innocent one. He's the most, like, he's the, the big friendly giant who's a bit shy and, like, awkward with people. So, if anything, I'd rather either Helgenberger or Madsen die instead because I don't, I mean, I don't want them to die, but I'd, I'd, you know, versus Whitaker. I think Whitaker's the one I want to live more than anyone. Oh, sure, sure. Um, I don't love what his character is. Like, he, he does seem a bit supernatural for this movie that's, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. it's got alien and stuff, but it's all based on technology and stuff like that instead of something i don't know like he's i don't i can't really explain exactly what his character is and why no, he would I, be called in i agree with what you're saying i i think like his role as an empath feels like it's kind of weirdly like it's, it's just it like, I get thematically why it kind of works in the sense that we're talking about uh, raw feelings and how this this alien's reacting to them and the, the stimulation around her and why it thematically connects to that. But it does just kind of feel out of place because... It, yeah, it's like bringing a ghost hunter with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and although there may be a bit of scepticism from Madsen when he first meets them, there's not really a whole lot of like people doubting that anything yeah. he's saying is real or true or anything like that. So, I guess, I mean... I guess he's kind of like Radar O'Reilly from MASH also. He can just, like, hear something before it happens. or But, like, when he starts to be like, oh, she went this way in the tunnels and stuff. I mean, he does kind of end up being wrong sometimes. But, um, I don't know. He, he seems like he's just winging it. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't love the character, but I do like Forrest Whitaker a lot. He's a likable guy. He plays a gentle giant who's kind of innocent and has been dragged into this dangerous situation. Yeah. Eventually, you know, we, we do see her jump out in the full suit, but for the most part, it's CG. Like, we, I think we see her in the suit a couple of times here, but it's mostly mm-hmm. this like horrible... she's giving birth and stuff, she yeah. has the suit on. But it's mostly this horrible CG, which... 
She doesn't even look like she's the same size anymore. No, she, she's jumping around. There's a lot of her like crawling on the, the, the walls and the ceiling of the caves and the, the sewer system and stuff, where, you know, wherever it was, but at this point in the movie. I mean, a lot of this like last 10 minutes kind of blurs together. Eventually, mm-hmm. they make a point of saying there's a pool of oil, which comes becomes relevant because it gets set on fire and uh, the... They, you know, her or, or or is it the child? Her child falls into it. Whatever one it was, like again, uh, she falls into it. Something does happen to the child. I, I can't believe I already forgot though. I yeah. just watched the movie. It's the end of the movie. <laughs> and I, 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 like I remember that there's like a rat who goes away with a part of one of the tentacles, which turns out to be like, yeah, like pizza rat. But ba- basically, this is the, the your your lead in for the sequel is that part of her survived and. <laughs> I actually have seen the the sequel. I remember it. Well, there's, there's multiple sequels, but uh, well, I, I know I've seen the second one. But the second one's the only one I think with a cast from this one in it. Like, because Madsen's back in the sequel, mm-hmm. Henry's back in the sequel, Helgenberger. I don't know if Forrest Whitaker comes back. Maybe he dodged it. I, feel like, I, I feel, don't think so. I feel like he may have dodged it, but um, yeah. So there's a tease at the end that you know some part of her survives. So here's your sequel bait, but. Otherwise, it just ends with them, like, sort of, like, they save Forrest Whitaker, who's dangling, he's almost going to fall into the fire, so they have to pull him up, and then they crack a couple of, because, uh, yeah, like, the, we the, get the one-liner. The alien jumps up and grabs Forrest Whitaker's foot, yeah, this is the big moment, where Madsen awkwardly has to reload his, I guess it was a shotgun, it looked like a grenade launcher, though, like, the shell looked like a grenade. Yeah, it did, it looked like yeah. a grenade. But he, he sort of reloads it as he's sort of holding Whitaker with one hand, and then he, like, aims over Whitaker's head and... His one line was really bad. It's just, uh, what was it? Let go, you m- mother effer? I don't even think it was. It was let go something. It wasn't bitch. It was something like that, yeah. Let go. I don't know. It was, I, I, I think it was mother effer, but yeah, it was It was just like either let go or say goodbye, you mother effer. It was really generic. Say and, goodbye would have been better. It was definitely just let go. It was yeah. a very red brown line. <laughs> don't move. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it, was, it, it really sucked. It was a really bad one-liner, and that's basically yeah. They just they, you don't even see a shot of them outside. Like once they're out again, they just, they just see them walking throughout the sewer, and that's oh, that's that. They've done it. Movie's yeah. over. Uh, everyone can go the home. Sequel bait is the species rat. Yes, <laughs> I, I mean Hendrix is back, so I just have to assume that she grows back from her tentacle. It could be, or uh, there's another lab because they say that they they. Um, they made like twelve different ones, and most of the eggs didn't take to the DNA change. That's and possible. They, they put two other uh, specimens on ice. So you're so saying? Could so you're saying some scientist has foolishly decided to try again with these specimens, despite the fact that the last time went tits yes, up. Yes, because the lab is actually way the Utani labs <laughs> in Utah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I saw Species 2 once on TV, like, 20 years ago, so I do well, not remember it's, it's about... I remember that it's about a man this time, and he comes... He's like an astronaut, so he is a human. He goes to Mars, and he comes back with uh, something different. Oh, I don't remember. Stop. Something's different about him. But what I will say, though, is that we will review the sequels, but those will be bonus episodes on Patreon, I think. They will not be regular. Even the second one? I think so. Okay. I I don't think the second one's like important enough that people will click on it. Still got Michael Madsen in it. It does. It does. But uh, you know, I mean, Species is like direct to video with different yeah, actors. 
I don't think I've seen it. Um, I definitely haven't seen the fourth one. I remember there being a fourth one. I thought it was only three. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure there's four. Okay, I'll I'll tell you a word for it. Because <laughs> um, well, I remember a four pack being sold. Oh, at a video you're right. Store. You're right. There's a species three and then species the awakening. Nice. And species the awakening. Generic title. I recognize this actress. I think on the poster. Maybe I'm wrong. Just another. Oh no, I don't recognize. Big boobed blonde lady. I thought it was the actress who played Supergirl on Smallville, and the time the timing of 2007 would be about right for that. But she's just a generic blonde woman with big tits, so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's um, what we expect. Yeah, so, I mean, basically what you said is accurate. Um, yeah, interesting. I, what's, what's funny to me, actually, looking at the, 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 the posters lined up, because, you know, if you, if you go to the more like this section, I think it's really funny that the color scheme... It is very similar to, like, the covers for the Alien movies where, like, that fourth one has a sort of yellowy-orange, like, colour scheme with, like, the, the Geiger kind of style art in the background. It's very Alien Resurrection. Uh, mm. And they're not necessarily in order because, like, the, the third one's the blue one, whereas in Aliens it's the second. It's Aliens, this is the blue one, the second movie. But there's definitely a lot of overlap or rip-off <laughs> happening between them. Sure. Sure. Even even obviously the premise isn't the exact same by any means, but there's definitely a lot of DNA, shall we say. Uh pun intended. Well, I mean, I think you get uh, you get geeker because you want to recapture that magic. Sure. That he brought to Alien. And I don't think you do though. I, I, I think you can tell it's Geiger, but because it's not shot with the same like artistry, you don't get it looking as good and I really like the design of her, though. I think she looks awesome. Like, she does look straight out of, like, if you look at posters of or pictures of um, Geeker's paintings and stuff, it looks very much like that. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say... I would say I'm kind of mixed on the design. I think her head looks great. I think the, the, the silly boobs are a little weird and just kind of take me out of the moment. I guess. I mean, the... It is... It is very much just Geeker's painting, though, like, come straight to life. Like, that's what he would design. He'd design these things that looked very grotesque but sexual. Like, you're drawn to it, but you know it's wrong. <laughs> so, it's... And, like, you know, like, parts would just... Like, they looked sexy, but on closer look, you're like, no, that's not right. There's something wrong there. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, Geeker's work is one of a kind, for sure. I know, it definitely is. But like I'm saying, though, I, I, I don't... I think it just kind of looks goofy in this movie. You know what, you know what they kind of look like? They look like the Klingon boobs that we get in season one of Discovery, also. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> oh, that was so fun. Traumatizing. Titties and Trek? Unbelievable. Well, yeah, species. Uh, it's, a, it's a decent watch. It's of its, of its time... But it's the, I wouldn't say it's a good movie, <laughs> by any means. But it's definitely got some trashy qualities that make it kind of entertaining. Um, it's very engaging. It's a very engaging, very stimulating horror sci-fi romp. <laughs> uh <-huh>. <laughs> Adventure <laughs> film. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
it's a decent time it's a decent time oh yeah but my, i would say it's a recommendation with a, with you know some caveats that i think you know you have to be aware of you know mm-hmm. so yeah but there you go uh all right what are you gonna rate species then i do still like species I, i'm not going to give it a, a very high rating but i do recommend it i think the ending is obvious it it's just really bad but i mean for like 80 percent of the movie it's really fun and really like exciting and like it never gets boring and i mean the movie starts off running literally and it just kind of keeps that momentum and uh, i do enjoy the watch and like what a cast a great cast list and um you know a lot of these types of films are immediate failures because they have very unlikable people who are written unwell but like even the characters who on paper like forrest whitaker's character is played by forrest whitaker so you're always gonna like him so um i'm gonna give it a 6.5 i do think it's entertaining and worth watching yeah i'll probably just give it a straight six but it is you know it's a fairly it's a six with a happy face you know i like it's the, i'm not saying that and what i speak down too much to it because you know, I saw this as a kid. I've seen it at least a couple of times as an adult, and I've seen it you know, just now for this. You know, pro- pro- I probably saw it a lot when I was a kid, but... <laughs> what are you laughing at? Oh, nothing. <laughs> I, did, I did not watch it over and over because there was boobs in it, all right? Cause I, I'm that, sure your VHS gets very snowy over certain scenes. That that was... <laughs> there was a clear implication there that I did not appreciate. How dare you? What's wrong with that? Yeah, so uh, yeah, six out of ten for me. It's 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 a B movie. One of the the more kind of rewatchable ones from the nineties, I would say, and uh, yeah, holds up in some of the best ways, but does not hold up in some of the other best ways as well. <laughs> bizarrely, like I say, ninety five CG is oh a, r- a rough time to 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 have, uh, but that is uh that is species. That is that is that. So yes, sir. That's good stuff. Uh, what is coming next time, you may ask? Well, next week is the vote winner. Uh, That's right. Our, our patrons. How exciting. Over the course of March, <laughs> or the last week or so, last week and a half of March, voted between four films, 90s alien films, to what would fill next week's slot. And uh, What did they pick? The best movie? No, they did not pick the best movie. It, what were the options? Joe, Joe, the sad thing was, is that it was very 50-50 for, for the first little while, and then things changed. Well, well what were the options? Because I didn't know. Uh, the options... Well, the one that was, like, 50-50 with the, the winner to begin with was The Faculty, uh, but it kind of fell behind as time went on. Uh, the Charlie Sheen That's movie... the movie? Yeah. Oh, Arrival? Was it the other one? The, arri- the Arrival. The Arrival. With Charlie Sheen, another like okay and borderline bad CGI. I, I've movie. never, I never seen it, so I, 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 I have no idea what to expect from that movie. Uh, Coneheads was the other option. Oh, fun! Uh, so that was we that. We come from France, and then the winner. Unfortunately, <laughs> the car park. The winner. Unfor- I'm done with Coneheads. The winner, unfortunately, if I could finish this sentence without a Coneheads reference. <laughs> is Event Horizon. I'm not happy All about right. this. I'm not happy Way about this. Way to go, patrons. What's wrong with that movie? Hellraiser in space. 
crappy Hellraiser sequel in space. Starring Sam Neill. Yeah, he didn't save it. We shall see. I actually haven't seen this movie in decades. People claim it's the one good Paul W.S. Anderson movie, and I'm like, no, it's not. It's like so... It's This is like such overrated trash, so... Come back next time for <laughs> the discussion on Event Horizon starring Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne. So, look forward All to right, that. fish. The fish is back. Let us know what you thought of Species in the comments. Like, subscribe, ding the bell for notifications. I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. Thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordenow, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Treisman, and Alison M. Fordyce. Uh, but of course, you can support us for as little as a dollar per month, can they, Tara? That's right, Peter. If you enjoy our reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash mildfesttv, where if you donate as little as $1 per month, you will get access to bonus episodes of The Ace. So if you want to see what we think of Species 2 through 4, that's going to be where we discuss it. Yeah. Not immediately, though. Like, we're not doing that next. We still have to finish the Tremors franchise. Yes. Um, which we only have two left. I understand we're going to water next. Very exciting. And, uh, yeah, lots of good ones. Like the Giver, uh, we just did one called The Brain, mm-hmm. which is really fun. Uh, David Gale in both of those films I just mentioned. He's a yes. favorite for us. Yeah. I'll also throw yeah. recommendations for the episodes about Rotor. And Rotor is great. The 1995 Judge Dredd. Uh, maybe Time Cop. You may enjoy Time Cop. Uh, that was a bonus episode. So. Hell yeah. It shouldn't have been a bonus. But we didn't know what bonus was going to be at the time. Uh, every time Tara says that, I feel like I'm being like, that shouldn't have been a bonus, Peter. You... Look, we were just figuring things out, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah, okay. Subtext as Peter made a mistake. <laughs> Maybe we should make it public, just so they can see what people, you know, what they're missing out on. Oh, yeah, because the bonus episodes are that different from the regular ones. You know, we sometimes use foul language, because we can. Yes, and the bonus episode, yes. Yeah. Yes. And our intros are different because, you know, people already know who we are. Yes, plus all the violence in the day as well, yeah. Yes, our bonus episodes are rated R. Yeah. So. Just the review. Not, <laughs> not always the movie, but. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of decapitation. Verbal decapitation. It's just one big rap battle. <laughs> but yes, so. Uh, go check out Patreon. Thank you very much. Uh, Tara's going to pose for the thumbnail. I'm scared to give direction for this one, so I'll just let Tara make her own choice here. Uh, three, two, one, pose. Is that? Did I look sinister enough? You go for sinister. Yeah, I, I thought it was maybe going to be like, uh, I'm going to hunt me a man, sinister. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't have what Natasha Henstricks, Hens, Henstridge, <laughs> Henstration. <laughs> Nailed it. I have no idea what Tara just said, but that's okay. Thank you very much for joining us here on the Atomic Slam Experiment. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction. And computer, add salsa.